Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Thanks for being here. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share this with a friend. If you're listening on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe as well. Before I jump into this week's topic, I just want to thank everyone for your outreach and feedback on last week's episode. And last week's episode was called Cancel cancel culture. And I got so much great feedback between messages on LinkedIn, emails, DMs, comments on the actual posts on Instagram. Thank you so much. I really received a lot of great feedback. And actually the feedback I think was great because there were so many people who were like, you know what, this is exactly what I've been trying to put into words or this is exactly how I feel. And I'm just, I'm glad that it was able to resonate in some way with you. Um, And thanks for being here to listen to some more topics about bringing the human back to human resources in some capacity for another week. If you haven't yet listened to Cancel Cancel Culture, last week's episode, you definitely should. I think it's really relevant considering the hashtag times we're in. So give it a listen. Let me know what you think. And if anything, I know some people have also said to me recently that they are, you know, they're they're struggling to keep up. There are a lot of episodes. They've got to catch up to some of the previous episodes. Definitely do so. Although the episodes are not consecutive, sometimes it's helpful, especially if I'm referencing back, but feel free to listen, feel free to share. Thank you again for all of your feedback. This week, I want to talk about going into interviews and getting the most out of them. And I was inspired to talk about this because recently... I completed the um, internship program for my company, and obviously I didn't go through the internship program because I'm not an intern, but it was the first time that we actually hosted and held an internship program for our interns. And our interns work on a six-month basis, so it was a six-month program. It was a collaborative project, so it wasn't just me. I worked with a couple colleagues on the execution of the program, but we got some really great feedback from our interns. And one of the most recent program meetings that we hosted for our interns was basically like a LinkedIn resume interview tips type of program, which I led. And in that program toward the end, I talked about like interview tips, interview considerations, and things that you should really think about going into an interview and while you're in the interview, how you should act, things you should say, things you should avoid, and things like that. So I thought I'd share those tips with you this week, especially if you are in the process of making a transition, if you're in the process of moving. There are a lot of people who listen who are recently graduates of high school or college, and so you might be in like a mode of interviewing. So I think it's important to get the absolute most out of interviews as possible. So the first thing that you want to think about when it comes to interviewing is that you have to get something out of it. It's not just about putting yourself out there and, you know, hopefully getting a job offer or making more money or whatever it is. It's, it's about getting something out of it. So if you're going into an interview, what kinds of questions are you asking? 
Some people will say, ask very specific questions so that you paint yourself in a good light. And this is especially coming at the end of an interview where it's like the dreaded, what questions do you have for me? Question from the interviewer or the recruiter or the hiring manager, whoever it is. And I've found throughout my experience as an HR person, as a, as a friend who's helped mentor people ahead of their interviews, uh, et cetera, that people always freak out about the question part. They're always like, which question is the right question to ask? There is no right question, but there is a wrong question. So when you're going into an interview, if someone asks you, what questions do you have for me? And you really want to know what the culture of the company is like, or the way in which they're addressing DEI initiatives, or the way that they treat employees in circumstances that require health and safety protocol, for example, you have to ask those questions, right? It's not about asking, well, what kind of candidate are you looking for? At the end of the day, you're sitting in front of them. They're interviewing you for a reason. You're clearly the type of candidate that they're looking for. So if you have an opportunity to ask questions, which everyone does at the end of an interview, ask the questions that you actually need the answer to. Also, When you are interviewing or you're getting ready to interview, think about this as an opportunity to market yourself, right? So you're going into an interview, you're meeting someone new. Are you putting yourself, your best self forward, your best foot forward? How are you taking advantage of the time with that person? Now, I will say for sure, I have had interviews where I was going in, not in the right mindset, had a difficult day, maybe wasn't excited about the interview because I'm sure that I'm not alone in having had an interview that I wasn't excited about. Like maybe it was just an interview to interview to get the experience. Like I vividly can remember an interview that I took back in the day just to take it and get the experience. And I wasn't excited about it. But actually, when I think back on that experience, there was a missed opportunity to network and connect with someone who you never know, could have offered me a job in the future. So when you approach interviews, not only would I encourage you to kind of have fun with it, don't see it as something that's like super stressful, like try to just kind of relax and go in and be yourself, but also see it as an opportunity to really get your name and your personal brand out there. So something that I've been thinking about a lot recently is that this podcast is part of my personal brand, right? So like, how do I talk about or how do I implement the podcast as part of my introduction to someone new? And this is not even necessarily just an interview skill. This is like a meet and greet networking skill that allows itself to kind of shine in the middle of an interview. And so what I always recommend people do, and this is something that I learned at Target, is to have like a 30 to 60 second elevator pitch. So if you're standing next to someone, if you're at a gala, you're at an event where you're meeting someone new and you have the opportunity to introduce yourself, what does that sound like? And so I have a very specific format that I follow and that I suggest others follow um, when it comes to actually doing those things and, and introducing yourself so that it's clear, it's concise, and, and it's easy to understand what this person is bringing to the table. And here's, here's another hot take. When someone asks you to tell them a little bit about yourself, that's not an opportunity or not the time to go over your entire resume. I can tell you for sure if I ask a candidate, tell me a little bit about yourself and they go through their entire resume and it takes 20 minutes, 
that's almost always going to be a failed interview because I'm not given the opportunity to actually ask questions. I'm not given the opportunity to understand what's going on. Now, certainly interviewers may interrupt, right? But it's difficult when someone says, tell me a little bit about yourself and you've gone through 10 years of experience or five years of experience instead of saying, hey, this is you know what I do, what I'm passionate about. This is why I'm interested in the job, et cetera. So if someone asks you to introduce yourself, introduce yourself. Don't explain your entire uh, you know, life experience in your career because that will come out in the interview. And I think sometimes candidates go through their entire resume in that question because of nerves and wanting to get through all of the wonderful pieces of experience that they have as quickly as possible. But what it does is actually it becomes kind of frustrating for the interviewer. It derails the conversation. So it's not as personable. It's not really conversational. It's kind of like a dictation almost. And it prevents the um, interviewer from really connecting with you because you're just talking about business. And instead, you can take the opportunity or use the opportunity to introduce yourself, to have fun with it, to relax, to really connect and be personable with the person, quote unquote, across the desk from you. Interviews can be really intimidating. They can be really stressful, especially if it's a job that you really, really want. But I think that when we break it down, one of the things that I always try to keep in mind and also tell others as I mentor or coach them is that every single person that you are going to meet has interviewed for the job that they're in. They have interviewed for a job that they've held in the past. And so there, there is no judgment necessarily on who you are or how you are, rather what you're going to bring to the table. So if you're bringing to the table confidence, humility and mutual respect, for example, right off the bat, then you're not giving them an opportunity to think, hmm, what, this person doesn't have the skill set. In most cases, the interview is really trying to understand your readiness for the role, your ability to be capable in the role and to succeed, right? So it's not about who you are necessarily. It's about what you're bringing to the table. Where the who you are comes into play is in the personality because people will hire people. Just like people work for people, people hire people. So if I have an open position that I'm interviewing for, to hire for, let's say, and the person is not personable, how do I see them fitting on the team? I probably don't. But if I see someone who maybe they don't even have all of the experience that we need, but they're personable, they're energized, they're humble, they're excited, they're hungry, they're, they've done their research, that's someone who probably is going to pass the interview and move on to the next stage. And certainly the hardest part of interviewing is actually getting the interview. That is typically the part that takes the longest or where you run the risk of not being seen because you know, you have to be noticed in order to get an interview. But once you have that interview, don't lose sight of the goal. Like take advantage of that time with that person. Don't let that 30 minutes to an hour go to waste. Or even if it's a 15 minute screening call, make it your best 15 minutes of the day. I talked about this a little bit just before, and that's on the topic of research. When you go into your interview with someone, make sure you've done your research. If you're applying for a job just to apply and you don't know what the company stands for, what their stock price is, or what they, you know, what they have recently rolled out, 
products that they sell, um, mission, their mission that they stand for, whatever the industry or the company is, if you have not done that research, you might as well cancel the interview because it's they interviewers, recruiters, hiring managers, they will be able to notice if you have done your research and you actually understand the brand or the company or the organization. So make sure that when you accept an interview and you've, you know, again, that's tends to be the hardest part is actually getting the interview. Take advantage of the time in preparation. Make sure you're going into that interview ready to go with all of the research and all of the knowledge that will fuel your explanation of why you are capable, competent, and the right fit. Recently, I had someone ask me how they can make sure that they get their points across without being too nervous and with like remembering what it is that they want to say and kind of explain to a hiring manager or recruiter. And what I said is that, you know, these stories about our experiences, the explanation of what we do and what we've gone through in our careers, those are our stories. So we can't get them wrong. We can't forget our own experiences necessarily when it comes to recalling specific examples of things. And so when you go into an interview, my best advice is to actually take it easy, like relax. You're talking about yourself. You're talking about your own experience. So if you're nervous, think about why are you nervous? What is stressing you out? Is it that you're afraid of them not liking you? Is it that you're afraid of them thinking, you know, asking hard questions or thinking that you're incapable? What's the worst that can happen if they think that way? They would probably say, you know what, it's not the right fit right now, but they interviewed really well and that's great. That's the worst case scenario, right? Is that you don't get the job or you don't move on to the next interview. The best case scenario is that they see that you're confident and capable and competent and they move you on to the next interview or they offer you the role because you walk into the interview not so afraid of the things that you can't change, right? Like you can't change if someone thinks that you're not ready for the role if you've put yourself out there and if you've done your due diligence in doing your research, understanding the job description and the actual role, and you've done all that you could to portray your competence for the role. Sometimes people just don't see it from the person that they're interviewing. That's okay. But again, the best case scenario is that you put yourself out there, you're prepared, you're confident, you share your experiences in a way that is effective, and then you potentially will move on to the next round or you'll get a you'll get a job offer. So I know it's a little bit easier said than done. And for me, being an extrovert, it's it, I know that I am not necessarily the case study for what interviewing looks like. But my best advice to you is to not put so much pressure on yourself to be a certain way, to act a certain way, to look a certain way. Just go into the interview being yourself and you will get your strengths across to the hiring manager. Even if you're not the right fit for the role, if you still go into an interview thinking that way, feeling that way, prepared that way, I promise you it will be a good interview. I'm confident that it'll be a good interview. And again, coming back to this point that this is an opportunity to network and and make a connection, you never know if that person that you've interviewed with then considers you for a different role um, in that same breath or in the future. And one of my last points here on some 
considerations ahead of getting into an interview is that you will have bad interviews and that's okay. Shake it off. Let it be a learning lesson. Let it be something that you grow from and it's an experience that will shape you for future interviews as well. I mean, I mentioned it before that bad interviews happen. I for sure have had interviews that I didn't like, that I wasn't prepared for, that didn't go well. Um, but I, I think that there are so many opportunities to grow and continue to learn and those bad interviews can often shape us. Um, and, and, you know, on this point too, something that it makes me think about is that if you don't get a good feeling from the person when you're interviewing with them, you should, you know, read that as, as, a, them showing you their true colors and showing you what the culture of the company is like. Not everyone is going to be an amazing, like, ambassador of the company when they interview with you if you're a candidate. But if they are not excited, if they're not friendly, then that means that is potentially what the company stands for. And it's really one of the reasons why every hire is so impactful because every hire makes up or comprises the culture of the company because every single person. Um, invests in and grows and develops the culture. So if there is someone who is a uh, hiring manager or forward facing for candidates or external people, you know, that's a, that sends a message if they're not the right person to get someone excited about a, no, a new opportunity, especially. So, you know, read, read everything as an example of what it could be like getting into this role or the company don't, you know, don't ignore red flags, but also it's okay if things don't go exactly as planned because we can't expect everything to go exactly as planned because that's just not how life works. So I, get, I think just to kind of wrap up on these thoughts, interviewing, all it is, is a conversation. Keep it simple. Keep it real, right? Like be yourself, be authentic, be transparent. And be positive too, because if you go into an interview and you rip your previous manager to shreds, person's not going to be so excited about offering you a new opportunity because it's just not a good look. So if you go into a conversation excited to speak with someone, excited to network, excited for the new opportunity, you've done your research, you're confident in your skill set, then the interview is by and large going to go fine. It's where you go from fine to great that the energy is important, the, the excitement is important, your skill set is important. Being able to talk about what you do and how you do things is super important. So if you are fresh out of college or fresh out of high school looking for a job, whether it's your first job, your third job, um, I hope that these tips helped you. I think interviewing is also a skill set. So the more you do it, the better you get at it. And if you have an opportunity to go on interviews, don't say no. Even if it's not a company that you want to work for, you should still take the interview. You never know. You might end up really liking the organization or the people that you meet, but it's also an opportunity to practice. On this topic of practicing, because I realize I have one more tip for you, you should absolutely, if you've never done this before, stand in front of a mirror, have your interview questions ready to go, potentially a camera recording you, and interview yourself. 
So look in the, I, I swear I did this in college ahead of my interviews for Target. I stood in front of my mirror. I set up my camera and I recorded myself. And I literally said, so Tracy, tell me a little bit about yourself. And I would answer the question while looking at myself in the mirror, making sure I maintained eye contact. And then I watched it back on the recording. And what I learned is that I played with my hair a lot. I was fidgeting a little bit. And so being able to see that and coach myself in that moment, it was really helpful because I was cognizant of the things that I wanted to make sure I didn't do in the interview. So I highly, highly, highly recommend that you do that. It's really helpful. It might seem weird or feel weird, but it does um, become a little bit normal. Just consider yourself auditioning for like a TV show or something and you watch it back. It's better to watch it back on your own versus to wish that you did something differently in the interview because you weren't aware that you did it. So this also comes into play with people who say like a lot, um a lot. When you record yourself and you are able to hear how you speak, there are things that you pick up on that you might not have recognized previously or if you hadn't recorded yourself. So highly, highly recommend. I do this also when I'm getting ready for presentations. I don't necessarily record myself anymore, but I do practice in the mirror. So I want to spend the last few minutes here answering a question that was posed to me and it was posed recently and it was a question around whether or not I recommend managers having friendships or personal relationships with their employees. And the way I answered this was that I will never say don't do this or don't do that because every company, every culture is different. Everyone is different. But what I said was proceed with caution. And I think that I talked about this on a previous episode too. Maybe it was the one around Valentine's Day, around like love in the workplace. But I I really, I think it comes down to practicing some discretion, thinking about, okay, well, what is the culture of this company? Are we laid back or are we buttoned up? If we're buttoned up, having personal relationships or friendships with your employees is going to be a no-no. It's going to be something that potentially gets you in trouble. It's going to make things really complicated and I would just discourage it. If you're in a culture where things are more laid back, it's more uh, casual, things are, you know, like lines are blurred because everyone is, you know, maybe there's not a lot of hierarchy. Maybe everyone is, maybe it's like a startup environment and everyone just kind of works with each other and it's, it's a small, tight-knit community. That I can see also as being a little bit complicated potentially, but there's probably more of an opportunity to have those personal relationships and friendships without things being a violation or weird or, you know, against the culture. But what I also said, which I think is consistent regardless of whether you're in a casual or formal buttoned up environment, is that there will always be a blurred line if that line is blurred. And so it's important for the manager to set boundaries right out right out of the gate. So if someone is developing a friendship and the manager has an opportunity to say, hey, just want to let you know, like I, I need to keep work work-based and our friendship can be friendship outside of work. But when it comes down to work, I'm going to have to always do my job. And I hope that that doesn't ever negatively impact you. But if I have to hold you accountable, I will. And that is a direct conversation, but one that definitely needs to happen if a manager is going to have a personal relationship with someone, meaning a friendship, not a romantic one, a friendship with someone on their team. Now, what I would also suggest is that if this is you or someone you know, that 
it's really clear whether or not the company's policies prevent or prohibit this type of behavior. Some companies actually have um, policies that say you can't fraternize with your team so or people, quote unquote, below you. So this is super important to be aware of if that is a policy. Overall, again, I would say probably discourage you from being friends with your employees. But if you do decide to be friends with your employees, make sure that it's not a violation of policy. Make sure that you set boundaries. Make sure that you are clear on your expectations of like what's professional, what's not professional, especially at work. Those things should never be clearly like present at work. I think keeping things professional at work is is really important, especially if you have those personal relationships or, or friendships. And then finally, every manager and every like person who becomes a friend of a manager should be clear that they're, they are consciously aware of or negating the black and white opportunity of being professional and that there will be a gray area, that there will be a blurred line. And if there aren't clear boundaries, it can become extremely complicated. So if you go in recognizing that and you know that that's going to happen and you still want to be friends with someone on your team, just be prepared for things to be a little bit complicated. You'll need to be able to continue to assert yourself as a leader and you just have to make sure that those boundaries are set. Again, it comes down to the culture. It comes down to the people, I think, as well. But I kind of, I, I discourage that because I think you can avoid it. Like it's good to avoid making things complicated, but I do encourage you to know the policies, think about the risks um, involved and think about the policies. You have to make sure that you're not violating a policy for sure. Thank you so much for being here again for another week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at hrtracy, that's H-R-T-R-A-C-I, and I will see you next week. Bye.